और परमं I have to thank Yadurani for nice pictures. She is, she is giving us life about spiritual understanding. But Krishna is blessed, he is prepared in energy for Krishna consciousness. Thank you. This picture, Radha Krishna, with his associates, just behind you is the picture. Radha Krishna Pranaya Vikiti, Allahadini Sakti Asma, Ekatmanavati, Ubau Devabhidu Gatautau. very great sign, uh, the Absolute is one, but in order to enjoy transcendental bliss, there is a pleasure potency in the Absolute Truth, personality of Godhead, which he expands as Radharani, and she also expands uh, in her associates, Lalita Vishakha, all these damsons. So in this material world, the reflection, pervert reflection of that pleasure potency is there. The uh, 
deficient uh, is there, yet we cannot have any pleasure on a permanent basis. Real pleasure is eternal. Ramante yogina anante satyanandi siddhārma. Therefore, yogis, they try to enter into that eternal blissful life. It's like diseased person who is actually serious about a healthy life has to undergo certain restrictions by the physician in order to quickly get out of the disease condition. Similarly, if we want eternal bliss, we are hankering after bliss, but we do not know how to enjoy eternal bliss. That prescription is here, instructed by Maharaj resolved to his son that Tapodibhang Putraka, my dear son, this life, this human form of life, is not to waste, I mean, uh, for seeking material pleasures after so much hard struggle for life uh, because such temporary material pleasure is also enjoyed by the dogs and hogs. So <clears throat> human life is not for wasting the valuable asset simply uh, in the manner of dogs and hogs. <coughs> we have got responsibility. The soul is transmigrating from one form to another, body. And this human form of body is just suitable to prepare yourself uh, how you can enter into that transcendental platform of bliss of Radha Krishna. You are seeking pleasure, but you do not know how to achieve that pleasure. For achieving that pleasure, the prescription is here, tapodhyam. You have to undergo certain principles of austerity my dear son, dipyam for achieving uh, the transcendental pleasure in association with the absolute soul. And by practice of austerity, your existence will be purified, and when your existence will be purified, just like when you get your healthy life, 
in disease condition, if you want to enjoy something uh, very pleasing, you cannot. Uh, just like in jaundice, a man suffering from jaundice, if you give him sweet candy, uh, he'll taste it bitter. So we are trying to imitate that enjoyment, Radha Krishna, but you are suffering the bitterness. If there is not bitterness, then here why do we find so much arrangement for counteracting the result of sex life? We have discovered so many fields, so many scientific methods that we shall enjoy sex life, but we shall not taste the bitterness of it. That means here there is pleasure, that is imitation, but we are tasting the bitterness of it. So if we want real pleasure without any bitterness, without any inability, then we have to prepare ourselves exactly as a patient silently uh, follows the rules and restrictions of the physician to come to the healthy life and then enjoy. In disease condition, uh, neither we can exactly enjoy life. So this material conditional life is disease that we do not know. And we are trying to enjoy in this disease condition. That means we are aggravating the disease. We have to continue. We are not curing the disease. That's why the physician gives some restriction. Uh, my dear patient, you do not eat like this, you do not drink like this, you take this pill. So there are some restrictions and rules and regulations. There is called tapasya. But if the patient thinks that why shall I follow all these restrictions? I shall eat whatever I like, I shall do whatever I like, I am free then he will not be cured. He will not be cured. So voluntarily accepting the principles, the restrictions as laid down in the scriptures will gradually cure my material disease. Kapo dibdhaṁ putraka jena suddheta satyam. Satyam means my existence. This is now not purified. Therefore we cannot enjoy. What we are enjoying forcibly, we are tasting the bitterness of it. If we want real enjoyment, then tapmudibhaṁ putraka vīna sattam suddhev. Suddhev means become completely purified, your existence. And what will be the result? The result will be Suddhe jasmat brahma sokham. 
when you attain that purified stage of life, you will enjoy eternal, endless enjoyment. Brahma Sattva. Brahma means Brihatyadhyamatya. Brahma means which has no limit and which is always increasing. It has no limit, still it is increasing. That is Brahma. Brihatyad Vrinhanatyad Kiti Brahma. Just like uh, in the Sikhastra given by Lord Chaitanya, <coughs> it is said, Anandam Bhutipadhanam Pratipadam Purnam Rita Aswadhanam. So by he is describing that by chanting this holy name of God, your uh, heart will be cleansed of all dirty material contamination. And then you will be free from all blazing anxieties of this material existence. There is always anxiety blazing anxiety. People do not care of it. They are thinking, let us go on like this. There is no solution of this blazing anxiety, but there is. And unfortunately we do not take care of it. There is prescription, there is medicine, but we don't care to take it. Nobody cares for it, but there is. Bhava Mahadavagni Nidvapanam Sriyakvairavachandritavitaranam Anandam Bhutivardhanam. So, Vishadeva says, Tapo Dibbhanga Putrakajina Sattam Shuddhe. Just, just increase your life for tapasya, for austerity. Austerity means voluntarily accepting some so-called inconvenience. There is no inconvenience. Just like according to our principle, Vedic principle, we say, do not, I mean to say, do not indulge in illicit sex life. There is no, I mean to say, complete stoppage of sex life, because in this world the last word for material happiness is sex life. Therefore, so long we have got this material body, as we require to eat, as we require to sleep, as we require to defend, similarly we require sex life also. So that is not forbidden. Tapasya does not mean that you completely forget sex life. If that, if that is possible, that is very good. But if it is not, then restricted, regulate, that is called tapasya. Tapasya means to accept these four principles of life, ahāra-nidrā-bhāyamāyatanaṃca, 
eating, sleeping, defending and mating under certain restriction and practice. Whenever you practice, it will be easier. There is a nice Bengali verse. Now, this body is so meant that if you practice something, you will feel no inconvenience. Just like in India, of course it is tropical country, there are many saintly persons still, they are sitting <coughs> In open place, even in winter season, I have seen it. Simply they have got one little blazing fire before them and they are very happy. There is no necessity of gorgeous dress or woolen coats, nothing. It is question of practice. If you practice, abhyasa yoga yuktena. Chetasa-nānu-gāmina, the Bhagavad-gītā says that by practice, abhyāsa-yoga, practice means abhyāsa-yoga, one can, paramaṁ puruṣaṁ mapaiti, one can go back to the Supreme Personality of God. So, Rishabdev recommends, Tapo dibbhaṁ putra-kājīnā sattaṁ śuddhe jasmāt brahma-sokkham sanātanaṁ tad ānanta. Brahma-sokkham means unlimited. We want actually unlimited life, unlimited pleasure, unlimited knowledge, but that is not possible in this conditional life. So <coughs> this liberation from material condition is a common death. description, how to get out of these material clutches is recommended here, maha-sivā-dāraṁ-āhūt-vimukti. If you want to get free from this material conditional life, then you should approach a mahatma. Mahat. Mahat means whose heart is expanded, whose mind is expanded, or his life is expanded. Mahaseva. Seva means to serve him. In the Bhagavad Gita also it is recommended tadvigyanatham tadvidhi pranipatena pariprasnena sevaya. The very word seva. Seva means service. You have to approach a person who knows this science, how to get out this material conditional life. And then pranipāta, 
Pranipat means just surrendering unto him. Pra means uh, uh, fully. Prakishtena nipata, fully surrendering. Tadviddhi pranipatena pariprasnena. Surrender does not mean that you are not allowed to question or inquire. The questioning and inquiring must be there. Otherwise, uh, it is nothing like imposing something, that you have to act like this. No. In the Vedic literature, there is no such thing that something is forced upon it dogmatically. No. In the Bhagavad-gītā you will find that Krishna, after instructing Bhagavad-gītā to Arjuna, he says, My dear Arjuna, I have now explained to you the most secret thing of the secret. Now you just fully consider and do whatever you like. He does not force that you have to do it. Oh. Yeah. The spiritual master, the representative of Krishna or Krishna, does not force anything. And that will not act, even in ordinary dealing. Yeah. Even to a child, if you force something, uh, he will protest. Uh, therefore, uh, the force cannot be employed. One has to understand with intelligence, uh, with cool head, the spiritual science, but you have to approach to a person who is actually in the knowledge of spiritual science or science of God. Therefore Bhagavad-gītā gives this direction tad-viddhi But where you have to learn the spiritual science, you must have to find out such a person where you can surrender yourself. Uh, without surrender, uh, without serving him, there is no meaning of inquiry. Inquiry should not be made to a person whom you do not believe to be authority. <coughs> Otherwise it will be simply waste of time. Uh, if you want to inquire from the authority, first of all you have to find out whether you have approached a person who is really authority or not. <coughs> if you think that this man, this person is really authority, then you surrender there. Otherwise there is no meaning of imitating that, oh, so many persons have accepted this person as spiritual master or authority, or let me also accept. No. Bhagavad-gītā does not say like that. Bhagavad-gītā says that you try to understand the whole spiritual science very nicely. And if you think the man who is instructing you is actually the authority, then Then accept him as spiritual master, not blindly <coughs> or dogmatically. <coughs> Try to understand. Similarly, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita also it is said, Chaitanya dayar katha karoh vicha. The contribution 
offered by Lord Chaitanya. You just put it into scrutinizing test. <coughs> just try to understand it by your scrutinizing uh, reasoning power. But if you try to understand with all your reason and argument, you will feel something sublime. Not that you accept it dogmatically. Chaitanirdhar katha karaho vichar, vichar karile chitte pave chamatkar. But if you are intelligent enough, if you have got power to judge something, then you will find it is sublime, it is sublime. <coughs> so uh, the first prescription offered by uh, Rishabdev this gentleman I mean. You can come here. Mahat-seva-dāra-māhud-vimukte for getting liberation from this conditional life of material existence. One has to serve a great soul. Mahat-seva-dāra-māhud-vimukte samad-dāra-jo-sitāṁ-saṅgi-saṅgam And if you want to remain in this darkness of material existence, then you can associate yourself uh, with uh, Josi. Josi means uh, I mean, uh, anything enjoyable. Generally, Josi means omen. Jositang Sangisangam. That means those who are very much fond after omen, omenly association. If you associate with such persons, then you will continue your material existence. And Mahaseva, and if you associate with yourself with great soul, then your path of liberation will be open. Now, by this line, by this statement, we can understand that a Mahat or a great soul is completely free from uh, association of woman. He is Mahat. Uh, uh, therefore, uh, generally a spiritual master is selected amongst the uh, renounced order of life. Sannyasi. Sannyasi means who has renounced his family life. Uh, who is no more in touch with omen. Just like we have accepted the sannyasi, uh, I have got my wife still existing in India, I have got my son, I have got my grandson, daughter, granddaughter, everything, but I have no connection with them. Uh, this is the order of Vedic life. First of all, brahmachari, student life, then householder life. After student life finishing twenty-five years, then if he thinks that he should uh, uh, become a householder, 
with the permission of his spiritual master, he goes home, he marries a nice girl and becomes a pacified householder, gentleman, and lives for twenty-five years with wife. And when there is a grown-up child, he prepares himself for sannyas life. That is called vāna-prastha. Brahmachari grihastha vāna-prastha. Vāna-prastha means that one should leave home, but the wife can go with him, just an assistant, without any sex life. Then when that man is completely prepared, he sends back the wife to home to be taken care of by the grown-up children, and he takes sannyāsa. So this sannyāsa life means that he has completely given up sex life. Of course, association means sex life. We are also here at Sannyāsī. We have got so many girls and ladies who are coming here. We are associating. But the renounce order life means, actually means, no more sex life. So mahatsava. So to become a great soul is to completely forget sex life. Because if one has still a sex life, connection with sex life, he cannot be mahatsava. In other words, that if you have to select, because it is said, mahatsevādāra-māhun-mumukte, if you want to get liberation from this conditional life, then you have to serve one great soul. But if you want to continue your conditional life of material existence, then you can associate with persons who are addicted to sex life. This is clearly said. One who is addicted to the sex life, he will continue his material existence. Maybe born in human society or born in animal society or born in demigod society in other planets, so long one will have the propensity of sex life, he will have different kinds of body in this material world. So because in this material world the ultimate happiness is sex life, either dog's life or hog's life or man's life, the ultimate pleasure is. So one has to train himself how to get out of the sex life. So mahasevadāra-māhu-vimukte. So therefore, in order to get ourselves freed from sex life completely, we have to associate with a person who is actually freed from sex life. That is called mahasevā, great soul. mahasevadāra-māhu-vimukte samadhyāraṁ jūsitāṁ saṅga-saṅgaṁ. Material existence means that attraction for sex life. Therefore this training, brahmacāri training, grihastha training, vāna-prastha training, that is called tabasya. 
in the student life according to the Vedic life, uh, in the student life there is no very, very good restriction for mixing with women. Uh, but uh, because your country is free, not only here, everywhere, now that freedom is uh, expanded all over the world, so uh, boys and girls mixed together, uh, that is not very uh, I mean, efficacious for advancement of spiritual life. They should be restricted. These are different qualities of, of a great soul. What is that? The first thing is samachitya. Samachitya means equally disposed to every living entity. Samachitya. Whatever he says, he says for everyone. A Mahatma does not say, uh, just like Lord Jesus Christ, he does not say anything which is applicable only to a particular community or country. Uh, just like he says that there is kingdom of God. So this kingdom of God there is. So one has to understand. It is not that only the Christians will understand or the Hindus will understand or the Mohammedans will understand. Uh, similarly, Mahatma, those who are great souls, they are samachitta. Whatever instruction they give, that is applicable to everyone. Everyone, just like this instruction given by Rishabdev, uh, he is of the greatest of the great souls. He says that if you want to cure yourself material disease, then you have to undergo voluntary restraint. That is called tapasya. Voluntary restraint. Yes. So mahantaste samachitya, samachitya means equally disposed. He is not such a person that he will say that serve the human society and kill the animals. No. Uh, he will say that uh, serve the human society, serve the poor animals also. Uh, so there is a means. How to serve both animals, man, bees, trees, aquatics, reptiles? There are 8,400,000 of living entities, different bodies. So what about a Mahatma or a great soul will say, that is applicable for everyone, every living entity. That is called samachitya and prasānta. Prasānta means peaceful. Peaceful means one's senses does not sense does does not disturb the person. He is called prasānta. Prasānta means peaceful. When peaceful, when a man is peaceful, a man is peaceful. When his mind is uh, controlled, his senses are controlled, then he is peaceful. Otherwise one cannot be peaceful. Peace does not come out outside. Peace within yourself. If you practice the yoga system, the meditation system, 
is simply how to control the senses and the mind, the different postures, the different gymnastic system, is that helps the bodily construction to control the air passing within the body in such a way that your mind becomes uh, in equilibrium and your senses become controlled. That is called prasānta. Samachitya prasānta vimannava. Vimannava means uh, he never gets angry. Never gets angry because he is to teach. Just like we see very excellent example. Lord Jesus Christ is being uh, crucified, but He is so kind that He is saying, O Lord, uh, forgive them, they do not know what they are doing. Uh, it's a very nice example. Vimannava, uh, without any anger. He does not curse, Oh, you are crucifying me, you go to hell, you go to no. Uh, all that. Because He knows that these rascals, they do not know. If I still put them into a difficulty, then there is no uh, salvation. So these are the qualifications of Mahatmas, vimannava. Prashanta vimannava suridha. Suridha means well-wishing. A Mahatma Just like in the Bhagavad Bhagavatam, there are descriptions of great twelve great souls. Twelve great souls. They are just like Sambhu Narada Sambhu Kumara Kapila Manu. Sambhu means Brahma, but he was also family man. Narada he was renounced. He was brahmacārī. So there are twelve different descriptions of Mahātmās. Out of that, about seven personalities were all householders, but still they are accepted as great souls. Just like Bali Mahārāj and Prilhād Mahārāj and Sambhu, Brahmā, so out of the list of twelve persons, seven persons are grihasthas, householders. It does not mean that one, because he is householder, he cannot become a Mahatma or great soul. Just like here we see the five pictures, associates of Lord Chaitanya, oh, they are all householders. Even Lord Chaitanya, he was householder, and his first wife man died. He married for the second time. Nityananda Prabhu, he was also householder. Adyaita Prabhu was also householder. Similarly, Siddhivas, he was also householder. So it does not mean that householders cannot be Mahatma. That is not restricted. So how householder can be a Mahatma? That is also described here. जीवामयीशेकृतसोहिदार्थ्या 
is to revive their relationship with God. That is the first qualification. Jiva mai ise. Their aim of life, their living with all Mahatma means their idea is how to attain spiritual perfection. How to attain spiritual perfection. That is Mahatma. So a householder, a, a, a gentleman, or a person living with family, wife and children, his uh, real aim is how to achieve uh, the uh, relationship, lost relationship with the Supreme Personality of God. Jiva Mahinshe Krita His only aim is how to achieve that perfection. And for that, janeshu viham bharavārtikeshu na prīti yukta Therefore, he is not attached at all to persons who are simply interested in material advancement of life. There are two classes of persons. One is interested for developing a material standard of life, and one is interested for spiritual development of life. So a, a householder, he can also become a mahatma, provided he has got this tendency that he wants to develop his spiritual life, then he is mahatma. Uh, and not interested to increase economic development uh, or persons who are too much attached for enjoyment. Jiva mahisi krita Janeshu deham bharavartikeshu. Deham bharavartikeshu means person here in the ordinary match. They are simply interested how to satisfy the bodily needs. That's all. They are called deham bharavartikeshu. Any this materialistic civilization means how to keep this body very comfortably. Not only in this life, some they are thinking also, they accept. Works of piety, just like charity, religion, how their next life they may be elevated to the heavenly planet and they can enjoy very long duration of life, association of very beautiful girls and drink so many beverages. They, their only aim is like that how to provide this material body with all comfort. They are called deham bharavartikishu. Deha means this body and bhara just to maintain this body. So a mahatma, a grihastha, a householder who is interested to reestablish his lost relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he is not interested with the association of such persons who are simply, I mean to say, interested in bodily comforts, diham And then what about his own family? He says, jīva grīheṣu. Grīheṣu means that is home. Jaya, jaya means wife. Atmaja means children. Jaya atmaja, rāti means wealth or money. 
not preeti jukta they are not very much uh, i am to say um, addicted uh, just like ordinary man he is uh, very much fond of uh, house very much fond of wife very much fond of children very much fond of wealth uh, he is not that javadartha prayas they are fond of or they are interested with their relationship as much as is required therefore in the vedic languages uh, there are two kinds of household one is called griha medhi and the other is called grihastha grihastha means one who lives with family but his interest is a uh, realization of self and realization of god and griha medhi means he has no more interest he has no interest what is spiritual life what is god that is simply interest in developing the family uh, standard of life so there are two classes of men but one who is simply interested with spiritual life they can also be claimed as mahatma even in the household life but his interest is only for god realization and his symptom is described that his only aim is god and he is not attached uh, with uh, uh, material comforts or he is not attached with persons who are simply engaged for the uh, uh, improvement of bodily happiness yes now quarter past 8 now if you have got any question you can put uh, before me i shall try to Now the question of Hindu, I say the description of great soul. There is a, either he may be Hindu or Christian; it doesn't matter. Uh, great soul, the description or the symptom of great souls are given here. Uh, it, it, it does not say that one has to become Hindu or one has to become Mohammedan, <coughs> one has to become Christian. Just like if I say that speak uh, truth, uh, don't speak lie. Uh, it is not that it is applicable to the hindus or to the christian it is applicable to everyone but um, in, in the uh, they call it the, the hindu religion in the hindu religion do they have a, a certain title for the holy man do they call the holy man swami yes yes swami means they have described that who has conquered over the demands of the senses that is sam swami means who has attained the perfection of not being dictated by the senses he is called swami yeah. that would be equivalent of a hindu priest not hindu priest a hindu priest man there are many so called priests they are dictated by so many sense gratification uh, and there are many others also in other parts of the world who are many uh, restrained so as you enquire what is sami sami means master 
And master, what does it mean? Master of the senses. Generally, people are driven by the dictation of the senses. So if you can control your senses, then you become a son. Oh yes, certainly. That depends on the student. Yes, if you can quickly uh, can control, there are processes. Uh, just like we are training here, uh, they are American boys, but we are training training them in that process. We don't allow our student to have illicit sex life. We don't allow our student to indulge in uh, non-vegetarian diets. We don't allow our students for intoxication, and we don't allow our students for gambling. So these four principles, they're practicing, they're chanting, and they're restraining. In this way, when one is trained as brahmacārī, then he, is, uh, he can be, uh, become a sāmi later on. Yes, the training is there. Is it a process of training? Yes, the real real aim is spiritual realization. But uh, for realizing perfect spiritual life, one has to undergo some training. Just like uh, if one is serious of being cured of a certain type of disease, he has to uh, undergo certain type of training or regulation is prescribed by the physician. Then he gets cured. Similarly, we are all materially diseased at the present uh, time. So spiritual life means completely freed from material disease. The material diseases are uh, birth, death, old age, and bodily diseases. They are material diseases. Uh, because I am spirit soul. Uh, I am eternal. I have no death. I have no birth. But because I am contaminated with this material body, therefore with the birth and death of this body I am thinking that I am taking birth and dying. That is my material conditional life. Actually I am not uh, subjected to birth and death. These things are very nicely uh, described in the Bhagavad Gita, Najayate Namriyati Vakadachi, Nahanati Hanamani Sadide. So, the immortality of the soul, trans- transmigration of the soul, everything is uh, described there. So, uh, there are books of authority. If we learn, if we be trained, then our uh, spiritual uh, liberation is open. Therefore, it is recommended here that one should associate with great soul. Without associating with great soul, we don't get all this information. Does Swami, once he has been installed in office, is he ever wear a white long coat with a white hat? Of course, if this real meaning of Sāmi is that the one who has got control over his senses. It does not mean 
that uh, by wearing a different colored garments one becomes master of senses. Neither it does mean that one in ma- man in gentleman's dress with hat and coat he cannot control his senses. Dress has nothing to do. But according to the Vedic system, just like there is a particular uniform that this class of men who have renounced this world, his robes or garments should be like this. That is simply just like a policeman has got a particular type of uniform. But that does not mean uh, that uh, that may be imitated even by a thief. So uh, that is not very important thing to dress. Uh, You can uh, become a Swami even with your these hats and coats, that doesn't matter. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to work to formulate this question. I don't know if I can speak it clearly. Now, it's true that um, a soul must evolve through perhaps many lifetimes in order to reach the point at which it is ready to attempt renunciation, right? No. Renunciation that, that depends on your uh, understanding. If you understand that this thing is uh, not good, you can renounce it immediately. But in order to reach the level at which you can understand No, no, there is no question. It is a question of understanding. If you understand in a minute, that depends on the <coughs> student to understand. Uh, something, this is bad, this is good. Now if you understand it properly that this is not good, bad, that you can renounce it immediately. So that depends on your capacity to understand what is good, what is bad. If you think that this material existence, repeated birth and death and changing this body is not good, then you can immediately renounce and you can prepare yourself for spiritual life. But if you think that uh, doesn't matter, I am repeating my birth and death, it is good, uh, then you cannot renounce. Well, let's take a situation, an individual yes. who is very deeply addicted to the senses, say to say. Uh, that is only practice. You, that there are processes by which uh, you can give up uh, too much addiction to sex life. There are processes. processes which would not fall into the category of what a psychiatrist would call repression, something huh? that would cripple the mind in some other way? No. Why? If you, therefore I say, if you think it is good, first of all you have to decide whether sex life is good or bad. First of all you have to understand this. If you think that sex life is very nice, then how can you give it up? It is not possible. You have to approach the jnana. Yes. Again, that is called knowledge. But it is a fact that sex life is not good because there are so many inabilities. Just like uh, yeah, uh, modern civilization, they uh, prescribe contraceptive method. Why? Why? Unless there is some bad results of uh, sex life, why they are prescribing this medicine? Why? <coughs> if it is good, then why the medicine counteracting? Therefore it is to be accepted it is not good. By reason. 
why there are contraceptive methods. Let, let everyone enjoy uh, sex life and let the result be there. Why contraceptive method? That way it is not good. That means that is not good. You think that is not good, therefore. Therefore the process is not good. If the result is not good, then process is not good. Oh, that you can voluntarily do. That is brahmachari. That is restraint. That is mahatma. That is a that is a, a recommended in Vedic life. That you can have sex life only for children. That's all. Therefore, sex life oh, oh, without any desire of children is not good. Yes. Now, now what of the, of the situation of an individual who is double-minded, is split, who is perhaps convinced, okay, intellectually, but nonetheless is torn by very deep emotions and attractions, is very deeply sunk in Maya? Uh, are, there, are there ways of dealing with this kind of problem without uh, forcing? Or is there some... First of all, you have to understand that this material life, material life means birth, death, old age and disease. Just try to understand. Do you like repeated birth, repeated death? Do you like? Do you like? First of all, answer. Do you like it? No. Do you like old age? No. Do you like disease? Oh, no. This is materialistic. As soon as you get this body, there is birth, there is death, there is old age, and there is disease. Therefore, if you want real happiness, <coughs> then you have to get free from all these four miserable life. That is spiritual life. You have to become free from birth, you have to become free from death, you have to become free from old age, and you have become to free from disease. That is real life. I don't like this means this is not real life. The real, real life is different. So if that real life you want, then you have to follow the process. That is being discussed here. Tapo dibbhaṁ putra-kājīna suddhi. Will the Swami give another service at the Yamachi Street Church? Any time in the future? Arlington? Yes. Are you going to be there again? Arlington Church, yes, I was there. Will you be there again sometime in the future? That if you arrange, I can go. I am at your service. <laughs> I have dedicated my life for this. Whenever you call me, whenever you invite me, I can go anywhere. Why Arlington Charge? I can go to any place. Because it is my duty to give you, uh, to deliver you this message of Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. That is my duty. Swami, what is Om? Om is the concentrated name of God. 
would say Om instead of Krishna, gain the same benefit? Yeah. But why instead of Krishna? If one Krishna is the same, why not Krishna? Why stick to Om? Om, Om is formless. But Krishna has got beautiful form and young. And we are addicted to beautiful form. Why? <laughs> Something which is not beautiful. Krishna, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Akranamkarasmi. Amongst the alphabets, I am Omkar. But Krishna says that I am Omkar. So in one sense, Omkar and Krishna the same. But I can see Krishna very beautiful and so many things. But I do not see in Omkar that thing. Therefore my preference should be to Krishna. Why shall I stick to Om? Capacity and knowledge? No. You can earn the capacity in this life also. You forget whatever was in your previous life, it doesn't matter. The sastra is there and the spiritual master is there. The saintly persons are there. If you try to understand from right sources, then your knowledge is there. It is not that because in previous life you had been something, therefore you cannot understand. It is not like that. You, as human being, you have got the capacity to understand. Just like I am explaining that do you like death, do you like birth, do you like disease, do you like uh, and I am old age, everybody else says, no, I don't like. Then the next point is, that do you, if you want to avoid it, if there is any process, do you like it? And certainly you say, yes, I like it. So this is the common sense affair. It doesn't require any great achievement or pre-education. These are called common sense things. Not only cow, any animal that should be object of our compassion. If we we want to eat something and leave, so if you have got sufficient food stock in other kingdom, we have got vegetables, we have got grains, we have got meal, so many things, fruits, flowers, so many things. Just like we are living on these things, we don't feel any inconvenience. And they are, according to medical science also, they are very rich in vitamins, food value. So why should we kill? Especially if we are human being, the cow is supplying us milk, the most important food stuff. So instead of giving protection to the cow, if we kill, 
do things that is very sensible thing. No. I am supplying something very nice, and if you kill me, is that very good gratitude? So at least in human life these senses should be there. <coughs> Cow protection is recommended in the Vedic literature because it is giving the most valuable food stuff, milk. Apart from other sentiments, it is supplying, and in exchange of nothing, she simply eats some grasses from the ground, that's all. You don't have to provide cows with foodstuff. The, the, the things which you refuse, you take the grains and you supply the skin. You take the fruit pulp, you supply the skin. You take the, I mean to say, from paddy, you take the rice, you supply the straw, and she delivers you a very nice foodstuff. And I have discussed all this point in my śrīmad-bhāgavatam, that human economic problem can be solved simply by having some land and some cows, that's all. Cows will increase the amount of land. Eh? Cows will increase the amount of land. Entity will multiply. That is another thing. I mean to say, uh, from cow we get uh, milk. From milk you get butter and so many milk products. And from the field you get sufficient grains and fruits. So your economic question is solved immediately. If you have got some land, and the land is a, a immense land is still lying vacant all over the world. Yes. But they have diverted their, their energy in a different way. That is the miscalculation of the present civilization. They have forgotten that the aim of human life is to advance oneself in spiritual realization. So time should be saved as much as possible, and that time should be utilized for spiritual realization. But we have encumbered our civilization in such a way that we have lost all simple living things. We have manufactured in so many ways, encumbered ways of life, therefore we have neglected spiritual life. And because we have neglected spiritual life, there is no peace. If you want really peaceful life, then you have to make your material necessities simplified and engage your time for spiritual cultivation. Then you will have peace. And that is the best type of civilization. Plain living, high thinking. Now at the modern day, the high living and plain thinking. Eating, sleeping, meeting, this is plain thinking. This thinking as in the animals, they are also thinking what to eat, what to live, how to defend, how to have, uh, have uh, women or sex life. These are problems in the uh, animal life also. So if we keep that animal life problem, at the same time we claim that we are civilized. This is very nice. 
civilization means how to get out of this material uh, miseries, birth, death, disease and old age. That is uh, a real advancement of civilization. If there is any way and means to get out of these problems, then we must adopt in this human form of life. And that is possible in this human form of life, in no other life. Not necessarily all Hindus are vegetarian. Not necessarily. There are many Hindus who are worse than others. So it is not that because one is Hindu or one is Indian, he is vegetarian. No. But generally, Hindu culture is based on this Vedic civilization. So those who are strictly following, they are following the rules. Any other question? Yes, you can ask. We are very glad to discuss how this is going to be Well, I, I don't feel that the issue I brought up before was entirely clarified, at least in, in terms of. <laughs> they have no training? Excuse me? These children? No. No training? So it is risky civilization. We don't train our children. And they are going to be future. Um, child is the man, uh, father of man, or what is called? Child is the father of the man. Yes. So from the beginning there is no training. So how you can expect good father and good children? They are the divine folk. Divine folk? They don't require any training? They're born divine. They have their own divine religion. They don't require any training. They have the religion. They have the one and only religion. That's all right. But religion does not mean that one should be not trained up. Does it mean? They're supposed to be divine. They suppose, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, let me try to delineate that a little more precisely. You know, I, I've known people who have said, well, yes, you know, I don't like birth and I don't like death and I don't like old age, but I have this tremendous driving need and I don't know how to deal with it. You see, I must have sex or I must have this. And I'm, I'm tormented. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in a trap. I'm ensnared. You see, that, that's the, the individual. Now, if you can already reach the person through jnana and, and convince him and he can act the decision of his will, then he's obviously already in a high state. But what do you do with this sort of person who is split, who is torn by his instinctual physical needs, and they drive him, do you see? And yet he wants to do something. Yeah. Uh, how can you deal with such a person without forcing yes. him to contain himself in no. such a way that he will do damage? No, or must he be allowed to, to, to expend his energies until he is convinced by experience? No. Uh, just like amongst our students, there are many uh, married couples also, and there are brahmacharya also. 
that I have already explained, that one who has got a sex desire, he is not barred from this. Yes, he is not barred. Nobody is barred. Simply following some regulation, that will gradually train him. And the main principle is that as you go on hearing about this transcendental message, then you gradually become attached to this or transcendental things, and the more you become attached to this transcendental thing, the more you forget this material. Thing. So it's an evolutionary process. Yes. One need not force. No, no, there is no question of force. There is no question of force. We don't force. There is no question of force. Force cannot act. If I force you, then it will not act. You have to evolve yourself from this platform to this platform. Well, that is possible for everyone. So if someone feels he has an overwhelming need, he shouldn't try to, to hold back to the point at which he suffers pain, but he should also chant or do something yes. that will elevate yes, yes, yes. And gradually yes. he will... He will yes. First thing is, suppose a man is too much sexually addicted, if he hears that this is uh, impediment to my spiritual advancement, if he hears repeatedly, then he thinks of his weakness, that this should not have been done, but I am so weak. So with this knowledge he can advance, you see. At least he must know that this is not good for my spiritual advance. Then it will be that Krishna or God will help him. There is a, in this proverb, one who helps himself, God helps. Yes, God's help will come. So there is no question of despair. Anyone can begin, uh, and the, the simple beginning is chanting Hare Krishna. Uh, so all our students, they are also addicted to such things, but by this, following this process they are also now free. Uh, it is not impossible. Uh, there is no such program which is impossible to be performed. No. The, practically this program is the simplest and the easiest process. And it can be adopted by anyone in any condition of life. That is the beauty of this process. In contrast, yoga counsels Oh, that is a not possible process. Because yoga practice, to, you, if you really aim to the perfection of yoga, that is not possible in this age. If you are satisfied simply by some sitting posture and paying the fees, that is your business, you can do that. But it will never get you to the perfectional state because you, can, you are completely unable to perform all the regulations and rules of yoga. That is not possible. That I have described in many ways. So yoga system is very difficult for this age. But if you think that this is a fractional practice of yoga, hundred per one percent, that is not possible to, to reach to the perfectional stage. The perfectional stage is that if one is perfect in the yoga practice, he, he shall die at his will. 
material laws cannot act upon him. He will be practiced to control the inside air in such a way that uh, whenever he thinks fit that now I shall leave my body for such and such planet, I shall go to such and such planet, the yoga system will help him. If he is perfect. But who is uh, such perfect man in the yoga system? It is not possible. But there have been, there have been yogis in India. Yes, yes, yes. But they do not come out. But they're very few. Because because the yoga system is to practice in a secluded place alone. It is not a business that we have to open some yoga class and practice it. No. It is first principle is that he must be alone and in a secluded place, in a sacred place. You see, they, they are described in the standard yoga. Shastra. So they do not come. Those who are really achieving perfection. They do not come out to the human society. How about the, you know, Paramahansa Yogananda? Hmm? Have you heard of Paramahansa? Yes, I have heard about him. But I say the real yogi, they do not come out. But it, because that will fail. It is clearly stated that he must live in a secluded place alone. Then yoga practice, perfection is possible. In other words, he has no public ministry of any kind. Any huh? He has no public ministry of any kind. No. It is not like that. He must be alone and in a secluded place and sacred place, and the process is to sit. Thank you very much. He should sit like this, he should eat like this, he should sleep like this, like so. So they give, they give up. There are many yogis in the history, just like Vishamitra, who was a great king. He gave up everything for practicing yoga. Why? He was king, he could practice yoga. Now the yoga practice was recommended to Arjun. Ah, he said, oh, it is not possible for me. So it is not possible. Even five thousand years ago, a person like uh, Arjun, he refused. Oh, it is not possible for me. How ordinary man who has not practiced in controlling the senses and other things? No. It is not possible. The yoga practice is accepted as a standard way of self-realization. That is our right, provided it is sent person properly executed. That is, sent person properly executed. Yes. But that is not possible in these days. Nobody can do that.
శ్రీకృష్ణ చైతన్య ప్రభునిత్యానంద
perfection of life. If there is little inconvenience by following the rules and declaration, we should accept it because aim is very high. One of the big ideas is the idea of that all life is divine and divine compassion for all life. Hmm? It's one of the big ideas that all Life is divine, and therefore we should have divine compassion for all forms of life. First of all, you know what is divine life. Then we will have. Life is a divine origin. If we do not know what is divine life, then how we can distribute divine life to everyone? First of all, you have to understand what is divine life. That life is of divine origin. That what is what do you mean by divine? 
and therefore since we are included, we are created by God into that divine There are so many creations. But which creation you have to accept? God is creator of so many things. But He created us also. That's all right. He is creator. But He is creator of everything. But why divide everything, bad and good? Now, no, why do you distinguish this is good and bad? If everything is created by God, but that does not mean that everything is divine. Do you follow? Yes. But we should have. You have to learn what is divine. <coughs> not that, because God, God is creator of everything. But we should have divine love for life. Therefore, I say, what is divine love? Yes, that we have to know. Without knowing how to become compassionate. Just like I'll give you a practical example. This is my personal experience. One boy was suffering from some typhoid disease, and he asked his younger brother, please give me some biscuit. He is forbidden to take this coat because he was suffering from And he thought, oh, my brother is suffering for want of biscuit. So he supplied some biscuit. And the mother, when she learned that this young boy has supplied this diseased boy biscuit, she began to beat him like anything. So she, he thought that I am doing very divine service to my suffering and brother, but the result was beating by the mother. Therefore one should know what is service. Otherwise he will suffer. Without knowing what is divine service, one cannot be divinely compassionate. First of all one should make his own life divine, then he can make divine compass. Isn't it a simple idea to love life? The same thing, if you do not know how to love, then your love may produce bad result. That's like the same example. The boy, the younger boy thought that I am loving my elder brother, and he, he supplied some biscuit, which was forbidden by the physician. And as soon as the mother heard that he has supplied him biscuit, he began to beat her like anything, punishment. He thought it is very good service. He is want of biscuit, need of biscuit. So I am supplying him, stealing from the store. Mother will not know. So I am doing very good service. But the result was beating. Similarly, we may think something that it is divine, but who is judging that it is divine or not divine? Therefore you have to learn how to serve divine. Then you can serve. Without knowing you cannot. That will be disastrous. Everything requires expert knowledge. 
Otherwise it will be disastrous. But isn't the general idea? General idea is very good, but the one who is going to bestow divine service, he must know what is divine service and how to become divine. Lord Chaitanya says, Apani Achuri Prabhu Jivarishika. One has to, uh, first of all, uh, exhibit himself that he is divine. Then he can, uh, I mean to say, serve others divine. Physician heal thyself. If a physician is diseased, a person does not like to go here. He is himself diseased. So divine love is very good, but one should understand what is divine love. One should not misunderstand what is divine love. Just like in the material world, lust is accepted as love. A boy is loving a girl, a girl is loving. There is lust. There is not love. But it is going on in the name of love. The boy wants to enjoy the girl, the girl wants to enjoy the boy. And that is going on in love. Love is not like that. Love means I enjoy and not enjoy, I love you. That is love. Just like Kapar said, England, with all thy fault I love you. That is love. There is no return. That's like Radharani's love to Krishna. Or she does not require any return. You see? Krishna left Vrindavan, Radharani, and their whole life remained simply crying for Krishna. Krishna never returned, but still they loved Krishna. That is love. <coughs> that love is being shown by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Where is Krishna? Where is Krishna? That's Radharani's separation, love in separation. So uh, love means without any return, without any sense gratification, without any consideration. That is love. Aslisha, that is Chaitanya Mahapurusha. Aslisha vapadaratang pinasta maham marmahatang kurutu vadarasana. The lover is saying to the beloved, either you embrace me with love or you kick me tramp me down under your feet. And if you make me broken-hearted without meeting me, uh, so whatever you like you can do, still I love you. That is love. That is only possible to love Krishna. That is not materially possible. Here the so-called love means he, he or she wants some return for sense gratification. So here the so-called love is lust. It is going in the market as in the name of love. There is no love. Is this Krishna in this painting uh, here? Right here. No, no, the next one. He is Krishna, yes. He is loving the cup. Yeah. The cup has come to Krishna like this. I mean, embracing. 
Yes, come on. Because it doesn't affect you. He, 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 just see, the calf has no education, no knowledge. 